the Heine Expo its opportunity, not only for the local markets, but for the countries that have been doing business with China. Always so impressive about China is these kind of fairs are actually state-backed. I think that really speaks to how much the government is really sponsoring and, and supporting these kind of like commercial initiatives to drive the economy. What I do see here is the Chinese government saying the door is open and it swings both ways, whether you want to come into China or take things out. Do you think Hainan is going to succeed? You think Shenzhen is going to succeed? That was a fishing village. And the same thing could be said about Pudong. So China has a very long successful track record of doing what is necessary to make these areas go. I'm Miao, this is China Chat. For this episode, we invited three foreign guests to China's southernmost island province of Hainan, where the first-ever Consumer Products Expo has been held, to learn about the country's free trade port plans and to see why China is eyeing greater opening up. So guys, have you enjoyed visiting the expo and what impressed you the most? I really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, it was a great experience, especially uh, the fact that we are passing through a pandemic and to see the number of people attending international fair. When I compare the situation here and Brazil, that is the third country most affected by the pandemic, it's just amazing to see that people are here willing to buy, willing to expand the business. I think for me, What's always so impressive about China is these kind of fairs that are actually state-backed. Whereas I think a fair of this kind of size back home in the UK or Europe, it would be a private enterprise. And so I think that really speaks to how much the government is really sponsoring and, and supporting these kind of like commercial initiatives to drive the economy, drive that forward. We saw Chinese products, we saw European products, um, American, everywhere, around the world. And to me it was just impressive, as you said, uh, to see people actually doing business at a time when uh, most countries aren't able to. I was going to ask you, like, how are your legs? My legs are short. Uh, I wish they were longer. No, no, my legs, my legs are fine. Actually, I, 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 I walk a lot anyways. If you guys could use one or two words to describe the expo, what would the words be? I'm, I'm going to steal Einar's words and say statement. Because I think it, it really is a big statement to what Hainan is trying to achieve. For me, I would say the Heine Expo its opportunity, not only for the local markets, but for the countries that have been doing business with China. China purchased more than 30% of our agricultural products, so I see that a lot of things that can help the growth and development of Brazil and China. I think it was a, a kind of a stunted picture this time around because you can't, it was very difficult to get into China to actually be here or to bring something new. But what I, I do see here is the Chinese government saying the door is open. And it swings both ways, whether you want to come into China or take things out. Remember, we uh, saw that, uh, that stall that was being run by a group of people from Xinjiang. And they had tr very traditional things, but they also had some amazing, uh, very new stuff. Uh, they were taking traditional designs, putting them in new ways, putting them on shirts. And I thought that was exciting. So I, I think in years to come, people will understand that the economic opportunity is there and then you will start to see a lot of small and medium-sized enterprises. Because remember, this is what Hainan really offers. The small and medium-sized enterprises having a place where you can start a business very easily, 
and where you know the tax situation is clear, I think it's going to be very attractive. Show the opening up and the tax policies will bring so much investment, development, and new talents for, for Hainan. And I'm very excited to be part of this ecosystem. I was going just to ask, like, if thinking about your own business for both of you, so what opportunities have you found from this expo and learn about uh, during your time in Hainan? I represent uh, the Chamber of Commerce of my state, so I see a huge potential to bring uh, local products to the Chinese markets and also help uh, uh, Chinese local companies to go abroad. So for me, so I own a marketing agency. I think what Hainan has is a, is a story problem, right? So up until now, it's always been about sun and sand and sea, but the story that's going forward is of huge economic development it's about medical tourism, it's about not just a place to come and, and visit, it's going to be a real quality of life place. I think for small and medium-sized enterprises who want to climb the value chain and explore the Chinese market with brilliant marketers such as yourselves, I think there is a real opportunity. And, and this is a, a, a tide, a rising tide that floats all ships. And guys, we also met with several ambassadors and local entrepreneurs, so I wanted to know what's your take from them, from those conversations. For me, what impressed me most was the chairman of the Nestle in China. The adaptation that they are a really global company, but they are thinking locally. When you want to enter the market, want to, you want to expand it, it's very important to understand the culture, uh, get in contact with the, the people there and adapt it, your business. So uh, that's what I learned from the, the chairman. Like You need to be global, but act locally. <laughs> Ambassadors I talked to all said the same thing. They, they wished that things were more open and that uh, more of their companies could have been here. When we've looked at the policies that Hainan is offering in terms of tax at 15%, uh, which is lower than you know, Singapore and Hong Kong, um, setting up a business, uh, you can literally do it in a couple of days. It's, uh, I think it sends a very new signal, and I, I think this is part of what China is doing with this dual circulation strategy. You know, we saw the consumption angle, but we also saw this tremendous amount of investment. Very basic, obvious question to ask, why is China hosting a Consumer Products Expo now? It's consumption. Well, look, they can't come, but there was over you know, thousands of exhibitors there. Once they put a plan together, they kind of try to see it through. They make adjustments, uh, like with their five-year plans, but at the end of the day, they say, look, it's necessary to start, and you can't keep waiting for the rest of the world to catch up. So they're sending a strong signal as soon as this pandemic uh, travel and business returns, people are going to be looking for an open door. So I think a lot of people, Chinese tourists, have been going to Southeast Asia. And why not keep that money, why not keep that spending inside China? Why not keep that in Hainan? And you can have the same Sun Zanzi, you know, um, the same experience, but without such a long flight, you know, and with the convenience of being in the same country, same currency, all this kind of thing. I, I'm going to disagree with you. So I think there's a market for both. Um, right now, the rest of the world is missing the $245 billion that Chinese tourists spent abroad in 2019. And it's kind of in, staying within China. But that is not, I don't think, the government's intent. I don't think they're trying to say, okay, we're going to close the wall and things like that. Quite the opposite. I saw this as an open door, not as one that's trying to just gather everything in and that's good for China. How would you interpret 
to China's commitment to building its market into a global market, a market shared by all and a market accessible to all. Well, to a lot of people, those just sound like a lot of nice words, but what you can see is once again going back to opening the door to small and medium-sized business entities from around the world, not just Belt and Road, not just RCEP. You know, go back to the fact that you had uh, an American company here selling ginseng in this market, and they were very hopeful, all right? They weren't put off by the political rhetoric. They were just here to sell a product. So these are the types of things that are, are really going to matter when people are connected in visceral ways, uh, economic ways, to uh, markets that are important to them. I think they'll be able to see past the kind of uh, political rhetoric and realize that the reality is a shared future. I just want to add one thing. For instance, the UAE ambassador was uh, at the fair yesterday. UAE is very interested not only in the, in the uh, economic opportunities on the first level, but they, they have signed a pact with the China to be a distributor of the digital yuan. So you're starting to see the kind of fintech where the global parts, strings of finance, are starting to come together in a new and very different way. So he wasn't here just here to say, you know, well, we have oil and this and services. He was here to see and gauge how much activity uh, is this going to generate and what does this mean for the global financial system? So it's very, very layered and nuanced. Can I follow up on this one? I was going to ask Aina. So the Chinese president said in a message to the Expo that the Expo will be significant in also offering in the future more quality products from China. So how would you interpret the president's message? China has to climb the value chain. Um, you know, as uh, incomes uh, continue to rise and, and uh, disposable income within China is expected to rise uh, at the same level as GDP, which is uh, around over 6% uh, over the next few years. So when you start talking about the additional buying power, all right, it also translates into higher wages. No longer is China going to be the place where you get cheap buttons sewn onto coats and then exported back to Italy. So China sees itself realistically in the value chain, and they say in order to support better wages and living for people in China, they have to climb the value chain. So we see that China is focusing in a much higher technology, innovation, and better quality products. Yeah. When I was a bit younger, our routers and like cheap, really cheap phones were Huawei. Right, and now they're competing on this on this like completely different level, and I think that's a very big statement. And that's a it's a wave of, of Chinese products. Actually, the U.S. used to be known for cheap goods in the 1800s. All right, everyone said, "Oh, it's an American-made, oh, terrible." Right, <laughs> and then you know we, we saw what happened in Japan. Made in Japan was synonymous with cheap and flimsy, and now. You know, little different story. And then you saw that in South Korea. China is simply following. Uh, they created their business based on the uh, labor dividend, on being able to offer cheap added value via um, labor. And now they're climbing it. So I, I, I just see it as a kind of a natural cycle. You have to start somewhere. And China now has four major expos and fairs. This Consumer Products Expo here, the Canton Fair in Guangdong, and the Import Expo in Shanghai, also the Fair on Trading Services in Beijing. So you guys have been to some of those expos and fairs, right? Yeah. How do you like the experience? 
What did you find out from there? I went to CIIE before and it's, it was overwhelmingly massive. It was huge. In, 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 in a, China? <laughs> right? This is, this is the thing, like, you know, when China wants to do something big, it, it does it big. Um, it was, it was an in, incredible experience, honestly. And so the sense that I got was the world really understands where the market is, what their bread and butter is. When I visit those uh, fairs here in China, I have clients with me that live in Brazil. So for them, I share with them this experience of living here and the ecosystem of innovation, what's happening in China is what I like the most because I think most of the people still have a different idea what China really is. So I'm really proud to be a Brazilian <laughs> and showing uh, the things that China has been doing and I mean being part of this process. <laughs> China, in your opinion, what roles do these four events together play? This is a very, very important signal, uh, both inside China and outside China, that you know China really is open for business. And if right now, if you're looking around the world, you look at disposable income in, in Europe, in America, the traditional buying centers, they're going to be big markets, but it's not going to increase. A disposal income there is going to remain rather flat at best. You know, new tax structures, a lot of debt, all of these things. China is going to increase. So the, the attraction of China as a market is only growing. And guys, apart from the expo, I would also like to check out this tropical island. And for both of you, this is your first time here, right? For me, it was not a surprise because China is always beyond what I expect. So how did you feel about being a tourist here? <laughs> I, I think that uh, it's really nice. There are a lot of things to do, uh, for sure. What's your most memorable part of the whole trip? Um, I believe uh, going diving. <laughs> Scuba diving is one of my favorite hobbies. Did you have any expectations before coming? When I came to the city, it's actually a lot smaller and a lot, un a lot more underdeveloped than I thought it, was, thought it would be. Though at the same time, you can see a lot of construction sites, new hotels, you know, big brands. But I really see a very bright future for this, for, for the island. Hainan is on its way to becoming an international tourism and consumption center, and eventually a free trade port. Do you think Hainan is going to succeed? So I'm going to look at this from the angle from the from people here. I think there are some really good policies, like we've been talking about with the tax. Um, but there's also things that keep the there are also some policies that will prevent, I don't know, like runaway inflation or, or, or get, making things get out of hand because I think Chinese people, they love to invest in property. But there are some stringent regulations here when that stops speculators coming in, buying up everything. I look at it a little uh, differently. You think Shenzhen is going to succeed? That was, that was a fishing village. <laughs> All right, All right in, in the middle of nowhere. And now look at it today. It's a center of uh, uh, economic and technology. And the same thing could be said about Pudong, which is the area in Shanghai, which used to be across the river. It was just flat, muddy, lowlands, you know, you know, some farming and things like that. No one thought of it. Now it's a gleaming half of the city that uh, represents a lot of things. So China has a very long, successful track record of doing what is necessary to uh, make these areas go. I was fascinated by the fact that whereas we in the West manage our cities, they are just there and we just try to figure out how to do, how, how to, you know, keep them on track. China, they create cities like engine blocks. 
and they power the local economy. And this is what you're, you're seeing here. There have been some false starts in Hainan. Uh, there was a property bubble and things like that. People got kind of speculated too much. But I, I think the uh, current government is very interested in quote, the real economy, where you're making things, <laughs> adding value, not speculating. And I think that is part of uh, the future for Hainan and why it will be successful. Aina, um, what do you think of China's call for the building of an open world economy? And in a post-pandemic world, should all countries do promote free trade and globalization? Well, it goes back very simply to whether you believe the, the world is zero-sum or win-win. And uh, quite frankly, I think it is win-win, especially what you have seen uh, with China's entry into the WTO. It wasn't just about China. So uh, when you go forward, there's really no other way except to believe that there's win-win. Thank you so much, guys, for joining our show. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. We'd like to have you back anytime. Thank you. Thanks. It's an amazing statement to the rest of the world. We, China, have done a very good job in controlling COVID. To be able to host this kind of an event in the middle of the COVID, it's a big statement. It's, a, it's an outstanding effort, especially we are just coming out of the pandemic. It's a really uh, a lot of undertaking by the, the, the regional government and the central government, and uh, the drives by the, by the leadership to, to create a, such a, an, a platform to bring all uh, services, uh, products, all together. I was very impressed by yesterday's opening where the message from Mr. Xi Jinping was that they want China to be the market for the world and China would be sharing this with the world and make it more accessible. I think this is absolutely tremendous for a company like us, which has a big footprint within China. Since we have an ASEAN-China free trade zone, so we would like to use Hainan, very close to our region, to become our gateway to China. And in particular, with the idea of the Hainan free trade zone. It's not just about a trade fair, which is a very important part of it, but we are fully aware that Hainan is a full vision about a free trade port, also to attract on the long term companies here, 